Good morning. Grab your Bible and read along with me in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17 this morning. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will, all, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, as we gather virtually this morning, uh, we know that you are still in control and you still are sovereign and that you still love us and provide us with joy and peace. This morning, as we think about the scripture that we just read, Remind us, Father God, to abide in you um, in all things that we do today and this coming week. Father, give us ears to hear and a heart to receive and the boldness to respond. Lord, we just pray for all those watching and listening this morning that we would truly understand that hope and joy are truly found only in you. We ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, everybody, we are continuing in our series called Hope Has a Name. We're now 10 weeks in looking at who Jesus is. You know, when we launched our church 10 weeks ago, uh, we said that the reason why our church exists is to renew hope in the heights in Jesus' name that the heartbeat of our church is hope, and hope in Jesus. You know, we've been looking in the Gospel of John at these I am statements of Jesus. 
And the thing about an I am statement is that, you know, you can guess what a person is like, you can guess what their opinions are, what they care about, but as soon as they tell you, as soon as they say, this is who I am, uh, now there's no question. Right? Now there's uh, a reality that we have to deal with. And that's what Jesus is doing for us in the Gospel of John, is he's telling us who he is, and then inviting us to find hope. And so this Sunday, actually our last Sunday in the we're going to look at the last I am statement of Jesus in John chapter 15. Uh, it's a plant picture, right? If it was nice outside, if it was springtime, we could be outside uh, talking about leaves and plants and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's November, so we're going to have to use our imaginations as we look at what Jesus says here. This actually comes in the, the last few days of Jesus' life. He's gathered with his disciples at this dinner, and he's telling them that in the next couple of days, uh, some hard things are going to come. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be on trial. He's going to be executed. And so he's telling his disciples some really personal things, some really important things that he wants them to remember. In fact, this part of what Jesus is saying here, probably he was saying this as they were traveling from that dinner party to a garden. And so he uses this organic picture of a vine and branches to tell us something about ourselves. Uh, and so as we look at what Jesus has to say this morning, I just want to talk about three parts of Jesus' teaching. I want to talk about the fruit, I want to talk about the root, and then I want to talk about the reason. The fruit, the root, and the reason. And so let's talk about fruit. Right? Jesus says in John 15, he says, uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So Jesus uses this picture of a plant producing fruit, and he connects it to our understanding of him. All right, so what is the fruit that Jesus is talking about? Right? Does he want us to be like gardeners? Does he call us to be orchard planters? What is he talking about? You know, fruit is used throughout the Bible as this picture of what your life produces. That your life, as you live your life, as you make choices, as you, as you take action, uh, the fruit is the result of your life. Probably the most famous fruit in all of the Bible is the fruit of the Spirit. Right? If you grew up going to Sunday school or vacation Bible school, you might remember the fruit of the Spirit. Or if you just have a religious aunt, she might have a poster from Hobby Lobby in her kitchen that lists the fruit of the Spirit. But in the passage in the New Testament, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. In fact, the writer says there that there's no law against these things. He says that these are things that we want to see. We want to live into these things. People, when you find somebody who lives like this, it's refreshing. But the problem is, if I look at that list, if I, if I think that's what my life is supposed to produce, the reality is that most of the time I don't. Right? Most of the time, my life doesn't look that fruitful. And in fact, uh, rather than being patient, I'm often impatient. Right? Rather than being joyful, I'm grumpy. Rather than being gentle, I'm harsh. Right? And this is the problem with Jesus talking about fruit here. He says, if you are my disciples, if you follow me, you're going to produce fruit. But the problem is that my life often doesn't produce good fruit. It produces bad fruit. Right? The, the choices that I make, the actions that I take often aren't the best things. 
And so what happens when you experience this, when I experience this, is I look at that list or I think this is the kind of good person that I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to produce good things. I'm supposed to do good things. And then I look at my life and say I'm not. And so then what I decide in my head is I'm going to try to be a better person. I'm going to try to be more patient. And so I set out to try to change who I am. Or, or I say I want to be more joyful. And so I, so I try to become more joyful through my energy, through my actions, through my efforts. But if you're like me, you try to change your life and, and maybe it succeeds a little bit, but eventually you find yourself sliding back into your old habits. See, this is the problem with what Jesus is talking about. Is that if we're supposed to bear fruit, if we're supposed to look like this good kind of life, producing this good fruit in our life, the problem is that most often I don't do that. And even when I try, I find that I'm unable to. And if you find that to be true of yourself, there's often one of two things that happen. Right? You might be tempted to give up and say, well, I can't be that good person. Right? Maybe you feel a lot, of, a lot of shame, a lot of failure. Say, why is it that I can't become this good person that everyone says I'm supposed to be? Or the other option, the other option is you decide to fake it. You say, well, I know that I'm not like this Monday through Saturday, but on Sunday when I'm in church, I can pretend to be patient. Right? I can pretend to be joyful. I can pretend to be loving and probably our churches are filled with people who are just kind of faking it until they make it. You see, what Jesus says here is he says, if you abide in me, then you will produce fruit. But he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. See, what he's saying, if you're going to try to produce this fruit on your own, if you're going to do it in your own effort, if you're going to try to do it on your own, you're not going to be able to. Jesus knows this about us. He knows that if we try to be good, if we try to change our character, if we try to change our attitude, he knows that we're going to struggle. And so what Jesus, instead of focusing on the fruit, what he does is he wants us to look at the root. He wants us to look at the root. And so let's talk about the root, my second point. You see, when Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches, anyone who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. He's using this picture of a plant. Right? And the plant, the fruit that a pr uh, plant produces is based on the root. Right? The health of the plant is based on the root. You see, this past summer, as the whole world was locked down, my wife and I decided that we would take up some gardening. Now, if you know anything about gardening in Northeast Ohio, you know that the dirt in Northeast Ohio is really hard. It's full of clay. And so if I were to take a seed and I would just bury it in that clay. It might sprout a little bit. It might maybe do something, but it's going to struggle. And so what we decided to do is, is we built some raised beds. And we went to the landscape supply store. And, and when you go there, you can pick out a hundred different kinds of dirt. There's kind of the, the cheap dirt that somebody just dug out of their backyard and put into a garbage bag. And then there's like the nice organic dirt. The kind of stuff that uh, is full of like manure and all kinds of gross stuff, but that's nutrients the plant needs. And so we decided, let's buy the, the really good stuff. So we bought the really good stuff. We filled uh, the raised bed with this stuff, and then we put the seed in that soil. And in a few weeks, we started to see leaves grow. And eventually, we had uh, a cucumber, and we had some tomatoes growing out of this plant that was rooted in this good soil. You see, this is what Jesus is talking when he says, abide in me. He says, if you want to produce good fruit, if you want to change your life to become a good person, it doesn't start by trying, it doesn't start by striving. You first have to change your roots. You see, when Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, what he's saying is, if you're trying to change your life, 
if you're trying to become a better person, but you're still doing it in your own strength, you're still doing it trusting that you can do it, trusting your own autonomy, saying, I've got the will and the ability to do this, you haven't changed the roots. And you see, this is what Jesus came to do for us. You see, when Jesus lived here on earth, when he lived among us, if you look at his life, his life is characterized by all of the fruit of the Spirit. He lived the good life that we want to live, that, that the Bible calls us to live. He, he lived a life of love. He lived a life of patience with people who were questioning. He was gentle with people who were hurting. He was self-controlled when, when tempted to sin. He, he embodied and lived all of those good fruit. And when he gives his life for us, what he's doing, what he's saying is, this is now for you. All this goodness that I have lived, all this life that I have lived, all of this is so that you can experience this too. And so what Jesus offers us is a root transplant. He says, if you are willing, if you would abide in me, if you would change your roots, then comes the fruit. Now, how do you do that? You see, becoming a Christian is really realizing two things. It's recognizing your inability. It's looking inside and saying, if I keep going, no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I strive, the root system is still bad. Right? It's recognizing that I can't do this on my own. And then it's looking to Jesus and saying, Jesus, would you do this for me? I trust that you have done this for me. And so it's turning from your own soil, the soil of your own hard heart, and it's receiving the good soil of Jesus. And when you trust Jesus, what he does is he picks you up out of the hard soil of your life and he plants you in the good soil of his life. He says that my life is now yours, that my goodness is now yours. And here's the beautiful thing about this. See, Jesus, as he's talking to his disciples, you'll notice that he says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. He says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. You see, what Jesus is saying is that you don't have to produce some good fruit first in order to be transferred over to Jesus. You don't have to somehow prove that you're on the right track. You don't have to somehow earn any kind of attention. Jesus says, you are clean, you are good, because I have said so first. You see, this is the reality of grace, that we are made right with God, not because we tried, not because we earned it, not because we proved that we are worth it. We are made right with God because Jesus says so. And you see, this is the difference between what Jesus is talking about and religion. See, religion would say you, you need to kind of counter your bad deeds with some good deeds. You need to show that you are on the right track and, and earn some love with God or earn some, some goodness in the universe by being good. And instead, Jesus says, first, if you turn and trust me, I will make you clean. And this is what it means to become a Christian. To recognize that on your own, you can't be good. On your own, you can't produce good fruit. And to turn and trust Jesus and to be rooted in him. And then Jesus says, as you abide in me, as you remain in me, as you stay rooted and connected in me, then will come fruit. Notice he never says here that you have to try, you have to 
push. You have to somehow earn it. You have to strive. He says, if you abide in me, then will come fruit. Then will come the good life. Then will come the fruits of the Spirit. So what does it mean to abide in Jesus? What does it mean to abide in his love? You see, I think when Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, he's not just saying that to people who aren't yet Christians. He's saying that to people who are Christians. That if we really believed, if we really understood that apart from him, we could do nothing, that means that every good thing in our life, every bit of love and joy, peace and patience, goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control, every single bit of that isn't because we somehow manufactured it. It's because God is working his grace out in us. You see, we never can move past grace. That grace, when Jesus offers us himself, when he offers us his life, that grace is what works life change out in us. You see, it's kind of the difference between something being elementary and something being foundational. You see, grace is foundational to the Christian life. But oftentimes we treat it like it's elementary. Here's what I mean. Something that's elementary is something that you kind of learn and you move on. Like one plus one equals two. It's like you learn it and then you kind of move on through the rest of your life. But something that's foundational is a habit, it's a practice that that shapes everything else about your life. It's like a basketball player, right? Practicing their free throws, right? They don't ever move on past that because the more they practice it, the more they know it, the more they work it, the better they get at the game. And this is true for us as followers of Jesus. Is that grace is not elementary. Like we believe, we trust Jesus for the first time. We get saved and then we're going to heaven and then we live our, the rest of our life trying to earn it. Now, grace is foundational. It shapes everything about your life. And so abiding in Jesus, abiding in his love is reminding yourself every single day that apart from him, I can do nothing. And as you learn to trust his love, as you learn to remind yourself of his grace, right, he's going to start to change your heart and change your attitude and change your actions from the inside out. See, this is how life change happens. Not through us striving, not through us trying, but through us learning to trust the love and grace of Jesus. You see, it's kind of like this. I don't know if, if you're a parent at home, if you've had to become like a science teacher, all right, because of everything going online. But uh, here's a freebie if you need a little science experiment. You maybe have seen this before. If you take a white flower, and if you put it in a cup of water, and you put some food coloring in that water, over time, that white flower is going to draw through its stem the water and the food coloring. And eventually, that white flower is going to start to look like the color of the water that it's in. You see, this is what happens when we abide in Jesus, is that as we allow the truth of his love for us to be the center of our minds, the center of our hearts, as we center in on who he is in Scripture, and we remind ourselves that apart from him, we can do nothing, he's going to start to work his love and grace out in us and change us from the inside out. This is how we produce good fruit, not through striving or trying, but through trusting let's talk about the reason. What's the reason that Jesus cares so much about this fruit in our life? See, right now there's a lot of talk in our culture about learning to satisfy yourself, to fulfill yourself, to, to be whoever you want to be, to, to do whatever you want to do as long as it makes you happy. 
which is kind of a self-centered way of thinking about life. But if you notice what Jesus says here, is the reason for life change, the reason for good fruit in our life. It's not for us. It's for others. You see, an apple tree, when it produces apples, it's not producing those apples because it's hungry. That fruit is for people who encounter the apple tree. And in the same way, the fruit, the life change that Jesus wants to work out in us, as he makes us the people that he's called us to be, it's not for you. It's for the people that are around you. See, this is why Jesus would say the main evidence, the main fruit uh, to show that you are actually a disciple of Jesus, it's not your knowledge. It's not your opinions. It's not your ability to explain dense concepts. The main evidence that you have truly been with Jesus and that he is working his life out in you is that you love people around you. In fact, that you love them even to the point of giving up for them. See, this is what the world wants to see, is people who are so connected to the love of Jesus, who are satisfied by the love of Jesus, that it starts to change them from the inside out, and so they can become people who give selflessly, who practice patience well, who are gentle with people. See, it could be that the reason why we're so divided right now the reason why things are so polarizing, even within the church, is because we have rooted ourselves in things other than the love of Jesus. We've rooted ourselves in our opinions, or our preferred political party, or our preferred way of life or security. We're rooting ourselves in other things rather than the love of Jesus. But if we truly root ourselves in the love of Jesus, if we remind ourselves daily that apart from his grace, we have nothing, the result of that will be that we become people who love people well. It says, greater love has no one than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friends. See, this is what Jesus did for us. And as we root ourselves in that reality, in that truth, the result is that he's going to call us to do similar kinds of things, to be people who love others well and love others sacrificially. See, this is the reason why Jesus wants to change our life. Not to just bring us happiness or bring us satisfaction, but so that we might become part of his mission. His mission to reach the world with his love. And so this starts with us trusting in him. Abiding in the reality that apart from him we have nothing. And as he starts to change us from the inside out, he's going to call us to share that love with people around us. I can think of nothing that people need right now more than to know that they're not alone. To know that there are people who are willing to, to go the extra mile, to make a sacrifice in order to love people well. So my prayer for us is that we would be a church that is rooted in Jesus, that centers on the reality of his love and grace for us every day. And the result of that is that we become this community of sacrificial love. Love for one another that spills out into the streets and corners of our neighborhood that people would see just how good the love of Jesus is. Let me pray for us. Jesus, you have loved us so well. You sought us out when we had run away. And God, so often we are striving to change our lives. We are trying to become a better person. We are, uh, and we're kind of stuck in our shame, stuck in our struggle, unable to produce the kind of life that you want for us. So Jesus, would we learn to trust you? 
Will we be people who abide in you? And Father, for the one who is, who is listening in this morning, who is checking this out this morning, and maybe they're starting to realize that they are rooted in themselves, right? that they haven't actually uh, received that root transplant of, of, of turning from their own life and trusting in you and being rooted in you. Maybe this morning, would this be the opportunity for them to experience that for the first time? By simply turning to you and saying, Jesus, I trust you. I trust your love. I trust that you are good enough for me. Father, even as we meditate on this reality this morning, would you start to change our hearts from the inside out? That we would learn to trust you, and as a result, we would become people who love greatly, just like you loved us. So may you be pleased and glorified in us, in this moment, and in the week to come. We pray all this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.